The word of God is light. It is light. It actively works. It is effective. It penetrates. It rejuvenates. Oh my, oh my. An encounter with God's word is life-changing. It is life-enhancing. You are listening to a podcast by Prophet Gomezio Shamin. Thank you, Lord. Let's just prepare our Bibles, our pens, notepads. As uh, we prepare to listen to the Word of God. Remember today we're having our partnership Sunday. And perhaps those that are not familiar with what partnership is all about. It's a day where we as believers come together and... support the work of God and decide to push the work of God through our givings. The Bible actually shows us and reveals to us how we have been given this responsibility and labor to push the work of God. Today I'm going to share a message that I've entitled Kingdom Business. And remember the past should be two weeks. We have been looking at a series teaching on the last days and the end times. We explained how there are certain activities that are going to be happening as signs that Jesus is actually going to come. And from the light of the scriptures, it's very interesting to see those activities already taking place as a sign that the Lord Jesus is coming very, very soon. Of course, we do not know the exact days, rather the exact time that He is coming. But we can tell that there is a season in which he's actually going to come. And that's why these days are called the last days. One of the things that the Bible reveals to us that's going to happen in the last days is a great falling away. People falling from faith, turning away to wickedness. But yet again, one of the things that we'll see in the last days is that there's also going to be a great awakening, a great revival. This is where you will see men and women be used by God mightily. It's very, very interesting that this will not only just be limited to men and women. The Bible says your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. The old men will dream dreams. So every age, every class, every sex will be greatly used by God in such last days. And I thank God as the prophet Joel and even Peter was echoing that prophecy. He never said such is only for the clergy or for the pastors. 
He said young men. He says young women. He says sons. He says daughters. Old men. Meaning exploits are for the saints. Amen and amen. And that's why we're pushing towards that place. When we reach to a place where somebody who may not even have a leadership capacity is able to reach to a place and say, as I was praying, we saw the dead come back to life. Then wow. Then we know. We know. We're in such times. And I'm believing, greatly believing. It's actually a great desire for even those that we get to teach that they get to manifest if it means beyond our capacity so be it for the sake of the kingdom hallelujah and so today we're going to look at a subject that we've entitled uh, kingdom business why because in the last days for a great revival to actually happen people need to be prepared for it any move that God would initiate he really has to prepare the people Moses is not going to go to Pharaoh until he is prepared by the burning bush Gideon is not going to fight until he is prepared in his mindset that he is a mighty man of war and so the sons of God will only manifest if their identity is revealed and so we are looking at kingdom business and this theme is coming from a scripture that Jesus actually echoed himself in Luke chapter number 2 verse 49 at this time Jesus was only 12 years old ask your neighbor what were you doing when you were 12 years old Jesus is only 12 years old and the Bible actually shows us that he was in the house of God what had happened is that while he was in the house of God his family decided to go back home and they assumed that Jesus was following along but he remained in the house of God His father and mother looked for him for three days and they couldn't find him. They tried to search around from so many places, from their relatives. But I thank God it dawned upon them. Where else would be the best place to find Jesus if not in the house of God? If you are lost, where would they find you? In the house of God or more drainage. So Jesus is found in the house of God. And then, maybe just for the sake of context, let's go to verse 48. And and they when they saw so when they saw him, they say they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look. Your father and I have sought you anxiously. We've been looking for you. 
And so Jesus decides to respond to his mother. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? A very interesting response from Jesus to the mother. But but yet he's telling the mother and he says, Why were you looking for me? Don't you know I'm about my father's business? This is a 12 year old. But guess what? The ministry of Jesus only started at 30. But yet at 12 years old, he knew what he's all about. He knew what his purpose was at 12. At 12, others are watching Peppa Pig. doing many other things but at such a young age he is not even a teenager yet he knows his purpose is to do the father's business and one of the biggest questions you need to understand or rather the biggest things you need to actually highlight in your life is what business am I concerned about Is it my business? The father's business? Other's business? Or the devil's business? Whether you like it or not, everyone is committed to a business. And everyone has the capacity to push a business. But which business? Which corporation are you under? And that's why today we're explaining a subject on kingdom business. Why? Because we that have been translated into the kingdom of his dear son need to understand that there is something that we need to do in this very kingdom. That's why 1 Peter 2.9 tells you you are chosen. And I've, I've come to understand that many people don't realize why they are chosen. They just say, I am a chosen generation. Chosen for what? Chosen to do what? You think you're just chosen for something? You have to be chosen for something, isn't that so? You choose who to marry, right? It's a choice. You choose who your friends are, right? So if the Bible says you are a chosen generation, you are chosen for what? No, I'm just chosen. No. First Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. Now it begins to already reveal to you what kind of nature you are. Because it says you are a royal priesthood. Meaning you are both a king and you are a priest. You are a holy nation. Meaning you, you become a nation. What kind of nation? A Jesus nation. His own special people. You are a special person. The other version says peculiar. The word peculiar means strange. Strange people. (laughs) Now, despite it giving you all these descriptions, it gives you the reason why you are chosen. It says that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The reason you are chosen is that you may declare the characteristics, the traits 
of the one who called you and that's God so you are chosen for kingdom business hallelujah you are chosen for a particular purpose and it's very very interesting even when Jesus was talking about him being someone that is all about his father's business you will notice something about the father's business I, I, I know many of you know that Jesus came and he, he died for you right he washed away your sins and did so many things for you yet it's very interesting that in as much as he did things for you he called that the father's business that simply means in the father's agenda you were there Amen and amen. So when we talk about kingdom business, it's not necessarily just about uh, just pleasing God or whatsoever. When we talk about kingdom business, those who are in God are also part of the agenda. When we talk about kingdom business, it's about you being even a blessing to the neighbor that you're seated next to. Why? Because that neighbor is in God's agenda. He declared it in Jeremiah. 29 he says I know the plans that I have for you plans which are good amen and amen that kingdom business is about standing on behalf of your family for the purpose of their salvation that kingdom business is about interceding for the lost ones that they may also come to the light of God why because God is interested in everyone. Amen and amen. But if we're going to talk about your personal business, if we're going to analyze your personal business to kingdom business, you will notice that your personal business usually just has to do with you finishing school, you getting a marriage certificate, and you having children. Chapwa. And then you call it the Maseka business. Or the Banda business. Amen and amen. Yet when we talk about the father's business, the father's business includes the banders. The father's business includes the same massacres who are having the massacre business. The father's business includes the peeries. It includes everyone. Except Satan. Hallelujah. And so Jesus was well aware about this. And when he carried out that assignment, the Bible actually shows us that when he was living, he entrusted the saints with this great work. To do great things. To expand the kingdom. And so one of the things you have to understand is that in as much as Jesus came here on earth, there are two things that he, he gave heed to. He gave heed to his source and he also gave heed to his resources. When I say he gave heed to his source, the Bible says, he says, the father sent me. That's why every time he was talking to the people, he would say, my father, my father, my father, my father, my father. He was very particular about his source. But not only that, he was very particular also about the resources around him. And in the same way, if we have been chosen to carry out kingdom business, we must be particular about whom our source is and what our resources are. I'm sure we have no problem whom our source is, isn't that so? 
Meaning God is our source, right? But also we must pay particular attention to the kind of resources that we have. There are so many resources that God has made available to each and every one of us. I'll give you an example. Wisdom is a resource. When you have wisdom, it's a great resource. Apart from that, as a child of God, since today is Partnership Sunday, you have to understand that money is a resource. Amen and amen. Somebody say money. Mm -hmm. Money is a resource. Now with this kind of resource, from the light of the scriptures, there are certain ways that we get to acquire this resource called money. Number one, it can be generated. The Bible actually says be fruitful and multiply. Right. So through productivity, we can generate this resource. But not only are we able to generate this resource, another way this resource can be acquired is that it can be attracted. When I say it can be attracted, have you observed the Bible actually shows us that the wealth of Egypt all went to Israel. Yet Israel did not generate that wealth, so to say. It was attracted. How was it attracted? God just caused it. So with regards to resources such as money, I actually say you can either be a generator or a magnet. But I'll give you counsel. Decide to be both of them. Otherwise, if you just decide to be a magnet, there are certain strong... There are certain strong... Repulsion forces that may not want that money to come. It could be your neighbor. Yeah. It's very interesting. Your neighbor, God can, God can just speak to your neighbor and say, uh, "Just give your neighbor uh, two hundred kwacha." And God may have genuinely spoken about it. Yet your neighbor in two hundred kwacha remembers that he needs to buy something from young Firoz. And he has the capacity to say no, even to the voice of God. That's why the Bible says, do not harden your heart like in the time of Israel. I mean, you can have a hard heart. The heart after Pharaoh. Yeah. And then, the young man is waiting for a 200 here. Yet, the neighbor has got a strong Pharaoh anointing over his life. You can't afford being an attractor or a magnet there. At least you need to transition to become a generator. Like Abraham. Generate finances. Amen and amen. Yeah, so you need to be a magnet, but also you need to be a generator. Because sometimes the same destiny helpers that you are waiting for, are also waiting for others. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's, now, we're talking about money being a resource. Now, Money is a very important resource But then before I get to explain the importance of money Even in the kingdom I want to deal with a few misconceptions That have really affected believers In how they treat money How many like money here? Hmm. I was sure There are hands which want to do 
waves all right somehow it it's 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 been made to seem like this resource is very evil and sometimes people are not so careful in how they you know relate with the aspect of money i've heard people say for some, there are some certain people that are just called to suffer in life god has just put them pa zambia when you know it's zambia ninshi there that's where it's 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 a, it's a time for you to suffer and sometimes they even begin to quote scriptures i don't know if they quote scriptures or wherever they get them from and they say even our lord jesus was poor and so because jesus was poor i am i feeling the scripture which says follow his example yeah there's a sect of people that believe that and they say these things for riches fiapa chalo fie uh perhaps if you are one of those that is here here to speak to you today amen and amen so people say jesus was poor and because they say jesus was poor they shouldn't really be rich but i would like to disagree with them and tell them that jesus was not poor i think i've studied the bible you may have done your studies as well but I just want to show you a few things even from scripture and show you that Jesus was not poor. One of the reasons why people think Jesus was poor is because he was born in a manger where there are animals and so they already have a picture of him being poor. But the Bible shows us the only reason he was born in a manger is because there was no room at the hotel. Ah, there was no room at the guest house. There was no enough room. And that's why he was born in a manger. In fact if you study Matthew chapter number 2 the Bible tells us the first gifts that Jesus ever received was gold frankincense and what me have you ever received such gifts as a baby and you are calling him poor family children majority first gift material onapis him his first gift was gold frankincense me Ask your neighbor, <laughs> yeah. This is to show you that he was not poor. He was not poor. So don't say no Jesus was poor. Amen and amen. He was he he had resources. He may have lived a simple life, but he had resources. I may even talk about I will not even talk about even you know his disciples uh, who also greatly were influential in his life but do you know that the bible even tells us the garment that Jesus was wearing before dying soldiers had to fight over it because it was expensive they had to cast lots who is going to get the garment of Jesus He was not poor. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9. Perhaps this is something someone might want to use. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though 
he was what? Yet for your sake he did what? He became poor that you through his poverty might become rich. This is the work of the cross, not the work of his lifestyle. He became even though he was what? Rich. That through his poverty you might become rich. This is the work of the cross. It's the same way that he became sin that you become the righteousness of God. It's the same way that he became a curse so that you become a blay. Otherwise, if we, if we think this was a life, lifestyle, then we should say Jesus was walking as a curse up to 30 years old. This is simply the work of the cross while he was dying for you. He took your garment. So when he says he became, it should say he got Samuel's garment and exchanged the garment of Jesus and gave it to Samuel. He was not poor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in case you want to follow an example, the Bible says he was rich. You start with that one. That's the first, that's the Genesis. When he became poor, it was for your sake. So that you become rich as he what is. Somebody say I'm rich. So money is important. Another misconception concerning money is that many people believe it's evil. They believe money is evil. First Timothy chapter number 6 and verse 10. For the love of money is the root of all evil all kinds of evil for which some have stayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through many sorrows now if you if if you read this scripture very very well there are quite a number of scriptures that i don't know we don't really read them correctly like there's a scripture in philippians philippians which says at the name of jesus every knee shall bow I don't know how people read it as at the mention of his name. Even this scripture, it says, For the love of money is the root of all evil. What's the root of all evil? It's the love of money, not money. So it's not money that's evil. It's the love of money. Why? Because your ultimate affection should not necessarily be money, but God. So if your ultimate affection is money, then you have derailed from God. That's why the Bible goes on to say, some have strayed from the faith in their greediness, not because of the money. It's their greediness. Why they've strayed from faith. It's not the money. So money is not evil. Tell your neighbor, money is not evil. Number three, many people believe that money has a capacity or rather why they, dis- they might and want to distance themselves from it, especially believers, is that it corrupts righteousness or holiness. They feel like when you have more money, like holiness is going to be corrupted. And some of the scriptures that they make reference to are what was revealed in Luke chapter 18 verse 24. <coughs> The Bible 
Jesus was saying something and he said it's difficult uh, it says it's it's difficult for a camel to enter an, an eye of a needle just like it's also difficult or rather it's easier for a camel to enter into the, the eye of a needle uh, than a rich man entering the kingdom of God yeah yeah it says that and Jesus saw that he became uh, very sorrowful he said how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God and then yeah 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 the teachers came morning papa chalo if when you have money you can't enter the kingdom of God but they did not understand the context of what Jesus was actually teaching because if you see the next verse says for it is easier for a camel to enter the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of god aha uh-huh. then look at how, what his disciples and those who heard said and those who heard it said who then can be saved who then can be saved since you are saying it's difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of god I I have bots this is this is Peter I, I I'm a professional fisherman Gani Judas eh hey, sir I'm an accountant I did SCCA <laughs> Matthew is a tax collector <laughs> Obviously at that point they did not understand the context of what Jesus was saying we may not go in we may not go deep into it but Jesus was not necessarily trying to say money will corrupt your holiness how do we know that we know that because the bible says all silver and gold belong to god yet he is the most holy ah. all money is everything belongs to god but very interesting is that he is the most holy the streets of heaven are full of gold won't you backslide if you go there then So money does not corrupt your holiness. If at all somebody got money and they backslid. That just exposes whom they were actually pursuing. Whether it was God or the money itself. Because the Bible even tells us when you pursue God goodness and mercies will follow you all the days of your life so yes if you are going to be pursuing god his goodness resources even money has to follow you but if you pursue money instead of god other things will follow you greed will follow you selfishness will follow you and many other traits like that Are we clear that money is not evil? All right, so that we can we can teach the word effectively. So it's not evil, it will not affect your righteousness unless that's your ultimate affection. And uh, also 
God owns everything. Yet he is very holy. I mean if he if even that way to apply saying that people who are rich will not enter heaven then there wouldn't be a place as Abraham's bosom hallelujah right now seeing that money is an, an important resource in the kingdom of God i also want you to understand that money is an important resource in the other kingdom as well it's also an important resource you know without money the other kingdom cannot also excel do you think judas was going to betray jesus without 30 pieces of nankan of silver he was not going to betray so if those guys were poor there was not going to be any business with Jesus with Judas so even Satan needed financing to betray the son of god hey do you think people just enter in satanism like that Simon the sorcerer when he saw the disciples praying for people this is in acts chapter number 8 When you saw the disciples praying for people and people were receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit the Bible tells us Simon the sorcerer mfuiti removed money and asked Peter I want this gift He wanted to buy the gift of the Holy Spirit coming upon people and them speaking in tongues because he thought it was magic it looked like magic He offered the money Are you seeing witches having money? Obviously Peter and John were people of great integrity and they could not be bought. But what happens in such days like this? But you collected an envelope. No. As you are preaching, talk about the Red Sea. Talk about the set political party. and give them a sign that remember it wasn't a sea it was a red sea in the name of revelation and they'll pay you money and people yield to that why because evil itself finances when jesus was no longer in the tomb because the bible says he said that he was going to rise up after 3 days when jesus was no longer in the tomb soldiers went to report to the chief priest and says jesus is no longer there and the bible says the chief priests paid the soldiers large sums of money and they told them go and lie that the disciples have stolen the body of jesus they financed the lie Can you imagine? If evil can finance lies, so many lies. Then it definitely needs money. Did you think the TV shows that you come across? How many gospel channels have you seen first of all compared to worldly channels? 
This is just to show you. You turn the, 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 the channel, put another channel, cartoons, they are now gay. You try to watch a movie until there is someone who is at a bar drinking beer, until there is a, a very explicit scene, everything now. They are financing it. You try to do this. It's, it's all around. And they are so organized such that anywhere you go, right now, even now, believers, whether it's a hit, you even know them now. I understand some of you can't really avoid them because everywhere when you're praying because it's constantly in your reach. But why can't we also reach to a place where we finance the gospel in such a way that if we go in our buses, people are listening to Mueva Shilala. The billboards Jesus saves today. How is it that we are allowing Dr. Kirikiti? No. To advertise himself more than the gospel. They are everywhere. Bring back lost lover. Bring back shani shani. What, what, what? He is everywhere. Napa get pan, you're not even removing those posters. They are there. If you're not careful, you can find Napa church poster, Dr. Kirikiti. Why can't we reach to a place where we've identified that, look, even the world is using such tactics and they are making use of finances. What about us? Where is our money going? If Dr. Kirikiti is not necessarily about his business, but the business of Satan, what about you? Hallelujah. For an idol to be erected or an idol to actually be made in the time of Israel, they needed gold. Remember the golden calf? It was not a stone. It was made from finances. So people even finance idol worship. Worship in it. Why? There are people who gave for such a cause. In Genesis 11, there were people that wanted to build a tower that will reach heaven. And they were ready. They all agreed. Let's do it. Do you think that tower was going to be built spiritually? It needed resources. Who was going to give the resources? The ones who wanted to reach to heaven. And it was all of them. They were willing. What are you willing to do for the sake of the gospel? And so, today we want to understand the importance of wealth and finances in the kingdom. Because the Bible actually tells us that we are a chosen generation and we need money. We need money to carry out 
many things. We need money to spread the gospel. We need money to finance the truth. And without it, it becomes very difficult. So what are the purposes for finances? Number one. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18. Number one, first of all, it's his will for you to walk in finances. The Bible says God, God delights to see the prosperity of his servants. He wants you to have money. It's his will. But number two, wealth, God gives you wealth for his sake. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. I don't know why we always stop the scripture from there. And we, we always have to say, Deuteronomy 8 verse 18. He has given me the power to make wealth. But it goes on to say that he may establish his covenant, which he swore with his fathers. Wealth to establish his covenant. That's why he's giving you. Not necessarily today, Brazilian here, tomorrow, Jamaican, tomorrow, Lundazi here, like... It's, it's given for a purpose. It's a resource. And you have to understand, even under the doctrines of eternal judgment, you understand that every resource that God has given us, He will say, what did you use for it? Because remember, we are stewards. What did you do with that resource I gave you? And that's why the scriptures even encourage us. It says, store treasures in heaven. That's where your investment means. Store your treasures in heaven. Hallelujah. You find there are so many people. They are. How are you sure? Today they will buy iPhone. Is it, has it reached 15 yet? Or oh, it's on 13, 10, 20? I don't know. Yeah. They will buy the latest iPhone. The next day they will get upset throw the iPhone down, it gets cracked. I remember one of my cousins broke their iPhone because they were upset. And I asked, how much would it cost you to fix? And she said, uh, about 13,000. I said, you are crazy. We'll buy you an MTN phone or something like that. And the next time she bought again, then I observed very, what was very interesting is that there was a time she kept troubling me. No, I'm having a lot of dreams, shan, shan, which are very, very bad. And I said, I produced a, I, I, we wrote a book. Uh, it's called the, the, the Warrior Within. It's only going for a hundred kwacha. Ah! Nidibendarama. Nidibendarama. You've been buying iPhones, 24 pin, 34 pin. Then, for something that would benefit you, Uri Ben Dalama. Awe, Kazilota and Chabi. Glory to God. It's, it's, it's very interesting how sometimes people would behave. But you have to understand that God will bring finances for His sake in your life. 
Someone once said, He gives you not so that you can raise your standard of living, but so that you can raise your standard of giving. Some of us, eh, that's why our salaries seem not to be enough. Because anytime you get a promotion, the way you want to raise your standards, just anyhow, it's beyond you. How do you, you're getting paid 700 kwacha and you want to have supper at John Dory? A meal that will cost you 400 kwacha. Where will you get transport from? Palast. How is it? Nadi kamangri lion is it? Stripa malevo manji. What happened to the samosas you used to buy in the streets? Oh, I mean, what happened to the tumbuas? I, I mean, I still eat tumbuas. My wife also loves a lot of frizzits. Nothing wrong with that. But it seems like many people have not understood the purposes of finances in their lives. And so anything they get, ah, they just want to take it high. So they can show people that I, I no longer go to young furrows, I now go to different places where I can buy lots of things for myself. Attending to Maseka's business instead of the father's business. Hallelujah. So wealth is for kingdom business. Number two, why wealth is important. We're talking about we're still dealing with kingdom business. Why wealth is important for for the child of God. Wealth influences your dominion, gives you a voice. And increases your influence, whether you like it or not. You can't. You you need influence if you want to preach about Jesus. Someone says we are marketing the most marketable project product out there. That's Jesus. Yet the way we go for evangelism, which are in a fasting forty days, we accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And the person is like. Is this how I'm going to be looking when I accept Jesus Christ? Ah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Look at what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 16. I'll put you in front In front of my melodies 16. Then I said Wisdom is better than strength Nevertheless The poor man's wisdom is despised And his words are not heard Listen, it's very very possible to be wise But if you are a wise poor man The Bible says you will be despised And your words will not be heard Hey, it's very, very possible to be anointed. But if you are an anointed poor man, there's a possibility you cannot be heard. There's a possibility you'll be despised. 
That's why God wants to decorate each and every one of us with finances. I mean if we have Dr. Maseka, qualified medical doctor, when he stands to preach and he says, Jesus the healer is in this place. I've seen Jesus heal when I was by the labs. Someone had a problem with the spine. Even though we did not have the equipment, I just stretched forth my hand. And something happened. Our people will believe. Manje. If that was not the case, and it just comes, no. Jesus, I'm a pastor. My healing. People might not even listen to you. Amen and amen. That's why it's important to understand that this aspect of finances and resources will help you even spread the gospel very, very well. Imagine the one who is preaching the gospel is seriously, seriously broke. And then he comes to declare, I declare you'll be a billionaire next week. Will you listen? I decree and declare upon the anointing over my head. You will not, you will not believe the oil over his head. You say, sir, it's dry. <laughs> it's dry, don't see. Are you my oil? A poor man's wisdom is despised. Kuwaya, so? Wise man, kuwaya. Yet a man can be rich, yet be a fool, and he can just say anything. Yes, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Or do this, or do that. And we'll believe. And we'll say, please, this man can feed the whole world. Let's hear what he's saying. Amen and amen. Apart from that, Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 12 shows us something powerful about money. (laughs) It says, wisdom is a defense as money is a defense. Money is a defense. It's a a weapon. (laughs) It's a weapon. So if the Bible says just as wisdom is a defense and money is a defense, that simply means if you don't have wisdom, this you experience and if you don't have wisdom and you you experience and, and you don't have money, you experience the same reality of a fool. No defense whatsoever, vulnerable to anything. I mean that's why we would need money as generators and magnets we need money it's a defense obviously I'm saying this to also provoke 
some of you who might be generators in here. Generators in the sense that maybe you sell clothes. It should provoke something in you. That okay, I think that business, I'm not going to give up on it. Because I can't just be wise, yet I don't have money. Sometimes when you meet people, they don't necessarily want to hear it, it will be well or it shall be well. They always despised wisdom. Sometimes someone is hungry. They don't want to hear it shall be well. They want you to give them food. But how you give them without resources? Stizakwanisa all the time saying silver and gold I do not have. At least I can I can I can I can help Peter out on that one and John because they were going to church so they didn't carry they only carried offering. That's why they said silver and gold I don't have. But for you it should not be silver and gold I don't have yesterday, today and forever. You are, you are not Jesus. Only Jesus should be the same. Hallelujah. So money is a defense. Right. Now, seeing that we are, we, we, we're talking about how money will help us improve the kingdom, how money will help us carry out so many things, obviously you need to understand that if today... Um, we want to hold a conference in Lusaka, okay? We want to hold a conference in Lusaka and say we want to win souls and even preach the gospel. You have to understand that all that will require a lot of finances. First of all, government complex will charge you for their hall and they say 30,000 kwacha just for their hall. So you now to look, need to look for instruments. You need to look for uh, money to transport people and many other things. So you find that on, in, on average, maybe a conference just to hold 1,000 people will cost you more of like 40,000 kwacha. Unless some of you have that grace to say, no problem, in a, if you want a conference, let's just go to government complex. I'll, de- I'll decree and declare. They'll accept us. We'll do everything for free. No. Do you know that even when Jesus was asked that there are 5,000 people here in the wilderness. They are hungry. Jesus said, buy them food. That's the first thing he said. Now they will buy with which money? 5,000 people. They will buy with which money? I thank God that the, the people actually had money. The disciples actually had money. They, they had a very good partnership system. In fact, the Bible tells us they had enough money because they said, ah, okay, should we go back to town to buy the food? It will take time. So Jesus multiplied the food not because there was no resources, but it was just a quicker way. It was just a quicker way. That's the reason he multiplied food. Not because they didn't have money to buy food. Why, why do you want miracle money in your pocket? Ask your neighbor. Ah, when Mulungu nifunako che miracle money. 
so that you even have a budget. Jesus multiplied food because he multiplied food because they were in their wilderness. It was going to take time for them to go back to town and bring food for 5000 people. But it's very interesting that they were willing to go and buy food for 5000 people. My question is what what were they going to use even to transport 5000 you know food for 5000 people? They had their resources. Hallelujah. You have to understand. The Bible actually tells us that Jesus had partners in the ministry that they helped, that gave according to their substance. The work of God did not suffer. Every time they wanted to go, pa, he would be like, "Okay, let's go to this city. Let's go to that city. If today we want to preach the gospel in Kawe, are we going to walk? Are you sure? We're not going to walk." And so money is 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 very important. And if it's very important, a person that is kingdom minded, even when they are giving towards the work of God, there are certain things that they should have in mind. As I'm giving this offering, I know that five people will sit on a bus. That's how the mindset is. As I'm giving this offering, ah, I know. I'm sure. We get I'm sure this one e in your plot in your plot in your plot But if someone just comes and thinks like money just appears from I don't know which pocket then it's not the right mindset Do you remember that even when God wanted the ark of the covenant to be built He went to them and said, oh, "Empty your pockets. Give us money." That's what Moses said. He says, "Give us money." If it's something that I really love about Israel, even though at one point they messed up, is that those guys give. Do it. They would give. You want money? No problem. They gave. The Bible says at one point when they were financing a project they gave so much that Moses had to say stop. Please, it's too much. Stop. Has God ever told you to stop? If God hasn't told you to stop then there's more to give. Rather feeling he will only tell you to stop when he comes for you. Glory to God. So how can a believer walk in finances? How can a believer walk in finances? Obviously according to the scripture I've already revealed to you that you can be productive and be a generator of finances. But there's another way that the Bible actually shows us that we can invoke a special hand of God to influence our finances. Isaiah chapter number 1 verse 19. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 The Bible says if you are willing and 
obedient you shall eat the good of the land there is what is known as the good of the land there is what is known as resources that are found in the land but the bible tells us to walk in these resources to have access and to experience this goodness there are two virtues that you need number one, you need to be willing number two, you need to be obedient it's 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 not one sided some people just want to be willing others don't want to be obedient others want to be obedient but they don't want to be willing you have to be willing you have to be obedient and concerning finances it's very very interesting that there are certain things that require our willingness and then there are certain things that also require our obedience today is partnership sunday and we are inviting people and we say okay there is there is this project that we want to do let us participate and give towards this cause all right now when we say that that choice for you to actually give a certain amount is regulated by your willingness no one is forcing i don't think anyone no one came to you and said that says the lord iwe ofunko chosa 5 pin I don't know if if there was anyone that received a word from any of my deacons like that you you can see me so they refund it back to you but this one is regulated by your willingness God wants to see your willingness He wants you to make a choice because the challenge with sometimes obedience is that Obedience in obedience sometimes you may not be willing. I'll give you an example. Iwe kantengere 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 manzi huko. In most cases most many of you even though you are sent in such in such occasions you are not even willing. In your mind you should not nalee my name but you are going to get you are obedient. Nalee maut chitoleta manzi. This is a manzi. Okay before you go ntengeko remote ya obedient uzatenga remote Oh unfakira kona manzi paso ah imwamami na imonchane But even though you complain you put the water on the stove you were obedient but you were not willing But the good of the land is accessed by those who are both obedient and willing. Willingness is important. You need to be willing. And what will actually help you to be willing is being a person that actually loves doing certain things. If we say is there anyone that wants to give towards the kingdom of God? It's because you want to love it's because you love seeing the work of God move forward. That's the reason. And so you are willing. I'm going to give. Amen and amen. In obedience, obviously there are certain things that require our obedience. The Bible actually shows us that there are certain demands of finances where we need to be obedient. Obedience like what example in our tithings. The Bible says the tithe belongs to the Lord belongs to God so there is not willingness it's obedience you know that mm, this month yakosako 
but still more you are obedient you give your tithes amen and amen so when you reach to a place where you are both willing and obedient you will begin to eat the good of the land and i'll tell you this this is a principle it works whether you like it or not it works so sometimes here is someone can be complaining and say but me i tithe why are things not changing in my life obviously at that point you begin to think ah should i stop but you have to be willing to keep going on because when you are willing you will definitely eat the good of the land in genesis chapter number 8 verse 22 The Bible tells us something very interesting. It says while the earth remains seed time and harvest cold and heat winter and summer day and night shall not cease. These things will not stop. The Bible says there is what is known as seed time and harvest. This is where people get to plant yet they also get to reap it says just like day and night i don't know have you have you ever experienced the whole day just the whole day without a night you've never it's always you always have a night you always have a day have you ever found it hot in june or july you always have the cold Are you feeling cold right now? Exactly. In the same way the Bible is saying just as these seasons, just as there is winter and summer, just as there is cold and heat, just as there is day and night, there is also seed time and harvest. This one will not cease. This one will not cease. What does it mean? It means there are people right now that are sowing Just as there are people right now that are sowing, there are people right now that are reaping. So the only people that are going to be reaping are the ones that are sowing. It says it does not cease. There is nothing like going on holiday for this one. It's continuous. So when the Bible says If you are willing and obedient you will eat the good of the land it's showing you that there is a good of the land which you can have access to but that access to the good of the land has to be regulated by how much you plant in the land with both willingness and obedience what are you planting in the land Jesus loved to describe people as farmers meaning whether we like it or not we are we are farmers and he says as a farmer you should not a farmer should not look at the sky and say ah i'm not going to plant today as a farmer what you plant today there's going to be a reaping and i'll be honest what differentiates many believers is how much they plant and how much they reap there are others who are planting their seeds yet there are others who are not doing so 
Why do we expect to reap when we don't sow? Imagine today someone says, I'm going to uh, give maybe to Deacon Samuel. This is as a seed for the work of God. And then another person says, Ah, Satiribendarama. Have you noticed most people that always say, I don't have money? The story never changes. How will it change? How will you reap when you don't sow? When you are a farmer. Tell your neighbor, you are a farmer. What are you planting? Listen, no one is exempt from this. No one, no one is exempt from this. I got this when I understood when Abraham tithed, the Bible says, Levi tithed in the loins of Abraham. I say, Levi, who is not yet born? That's how I made my unborn child to start tithing. And I'm telling you, when you practice certain things like this, there is a certain way results will really follow you. As time goes by, you will hear some of the very interesting supernatural things that would happen to me and my wife. Especially because we are givers. Or we are givers rather. Before my child was born, we made her a tither. And the very partnership Sunday, first rather, she already gave towards partnership Sunday. That's my child who was unborn. She was just in the womb of my mom, my, 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 my wife. We registered her for partnership Sunday. Even this partnership Sunday, she's already registered. She's born now. She's already registered and she'll give towards it. Now what's very interesting is that we gave towards partnership Sunday also made her tithe and there would be times my wife would wake up and she would say daddy I just had a dream that I lost the baby it was so real and I told her baby sleep you ask her when she comes I've never prayed against any bad dream. Why? I knew my daughter is a tither. Do you think the devourer can be near her? No. She wake up, baby. <laughs> That's why I just used to wake up and just sing Malala Baije. Sleep. And another time she went she went for a checkup. And when she went for a checkup, the doctor showed her and they saw that my little girl because of moving moving around and um, her umbilical cord was coiled around her neck. The doctors were saying, "Hey, this one 
At the moment we can't do anything but perhaps we'll try and work it out when we're, when you're giving birth. And so she came again, baby. The doctor says the child has an umbilical cord coiled over her. Oh well. After telling me that, he says, really? He says, yes. It's gotten me a bit worried. I said, ah, okay. That's okay. Go back again. Go and check. That's what I told her. I said, go back again. She's not coiled. But then by the time she went back, she found that the, the, the one who was doing the scans had gone. So she went, I think, two weeks later. And the doctor is doing a scan and he notices the child is perfectly fine. Nothing coiled around her. And because the doctor is a Chinese, he doesn't even know what to say. He was a Chinese. Why? We understood that even though I use money to sow in the spiritual, God turns that money, which is material, to spiritual virtues, to supernatural things. That's why when God is blessing you, trust me, the problem is that we limit God to bless us only with finances. When God is blessing you, He doesn't just use materials. That's why the Bible says He will satisfy you with long life. What does that mean? It means you can have satisfaction, yet you will have a virtue known as long life as well. You can have money, but God doesn't want just to give you money. You need to enjoy that money. So He extends the years of your life. Very supernatural. That's why if you want, I, I tell people, if you want to understand my secret in finances, of course I don't put aside principles of generating wealth. But if you want to understand my principles, number one, be a diligent giver. Love God through your giving. Number two, don't miss tithe. It's been many years. I'm very free. If you want, I'm very free to show you all my tithe records for the past five years. No missing anything. Nothing. I, I can't eat tithe. Yet people are very free. Shut up. Ah, You see the challenge with eating. <laughs> the Bible tells us when tithe was actually presented, it was given. It was given in the house of the Lord at the priests, the priests who actually ordained to enter uh, the holy place. Now the challenge with eating tithe is that you have to be anointed to eat it. 
the priests were the ones who were getting it. So, when you eat it, make sure. Just make sure. Eh? Because even the priests would give to the high priest. They were not anointed enough to eat their own tithe. They would give to the high priest. There I fear me. I can't even I can't even But that's obedience. But then you will notice when you keep doing this, your obedience will come from a place of love, not necessarily because you fear any case. It's because you love God. I'm going to give it to him. God, I'm giving you my 10. You gave me 100%. I'm giving you 10. Because you told me when I give you 10, after you giving me 100, you open the windows of heaven. Meaning I'll have 400. So no problem. Receive it. Then also when it comes to just free will offering, it has to be very deliberate. Very, very deliberate. Where no one is really forcing you. The challenge is that sometimes people really think that, no, I really first need to make money for me to give out. That's not how it is. You will notice from scripture that God tested all kinds of people. When I say he tested all kinds of people, there was a Solomon who was rich that had to give. Guess what? There was a little boy one of the youngest amongst the 5,000 who had fish and loaves of bread. He was tested in his giving. Young boy. But he was not the only one tested. There was a woman who had her last two coins. Was also tested. What does that mean? No one is exempt from giving. Now why is no one exempt from giving? Obviously it's because God wants every age, sex, every person to experience his hand. But obviously that giving hand or that receiving hand, it, because it's a principle, it will work for those that work it out. It will really work for them. Glory to God. There are times where I think that, that was, that was a, when was that? I think I've done it about three times. Or about four. Even more than that. Where I'll come to church. And concerning offering, I'll empty my whole wallet. There was a time I told my wife and I said, let's get ready to walk home today. I, I didn't mind. Ah, Papa Chalala. We've had legends. <laughs> no, we'll not talk about the legends. But we've had legends. What is a Papa Chalala? Uh, unless uh, you want to know the legends. We've had legends. Nimadiko Nimanji. Dodo, he to Mutumbi. Papitana Manda. 
all for the sake of the gospel. What should stop us? Saints of God, I came to encourage you. That in these last days, as we approach a great revival ahead of us, God needs every hand. God needs every heart. It doesn't matter whatsoever capacity you are at right now. But he just needs that within hand and he just needs that obedience to shake the world. Cause the work of God to move forward. We have seen too much of the world. It's time also. People who are not born again will start singing Mueva Shilala. They're even shocked. Where did I hear this song from? Started born again. person goes to the club they don't want to dance to any other song they just want Ah. why because the gospel has infiltrated every boundary every place and everyone has access to it and everyone can listen to the gospel many lives are transformed why? Because there are people that are sponsoring Sponsoring this A time will come After the Antichrist is revealed The Bible says The purchasing power Will be the mark of the beast Meaning your money will be useless You need the mark of the beast to purchase, to sell. Why not use it now before purchasing power changes? Why not use it now before we are removed from the face of the earth? As you are giving, the Bible also encourages us in Acts chapter 4 that you can be a certain kind of giver. There's a man in the Bible by the name of Joseph. The Bible says when it came to giving, there were givers, yet the way he gave was a little bit different. For him, his giving was having the mindset that if it only takes me to change someone's life, I will do it. That's the kind of mindset he had. Him, he was not necessarily bothered by, ah, no, many people are doing this, many people are doing that. Him, he says, if it's, if it's just me. And you know what he did? The Bible says he sold his own house, his own land, and brought the money 
for the sake of the kingdom. Acts 4 verse 36. And the Bible tells us, Imagine this man was not even a disciple or whatsoever. Yet the Bible takes note of him. Reveals his name and he's given another name. Now Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, he received another name in his circles because of his giving. Now Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated as son of encouragement, a Levi of the country of Cyprus. What did he do? Next verse. Having learned, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. He was called the son of encouragement. In short, the kingdom said, this one gives the work of God rest. We are encouraged by his giving. He is a son of consolation. And I believe in times like this, we need many sons of consolations. The ones who encourage the ministry. I mean... He's, the guy is even written in the Bible. <laughs> they have even given him a name. Babanabas. How much daddy son are you giving you? His name was Joseph. But because of the way he gave, that, that, that giving attracted a name. What name do you have today? Perhaps something that is not given. But what name do you call yourself when you give? Penguin. Wabanabas. When I read this, I said, I told the Lord, and I said, Lord, make me a son of consolation. Let me give rest to the kingdom of God I don't mind about the name but let me just give rest I'm telling you there is so much to be done some of you will be shocked perhaps you've never even given someone or rather uh, said a prayer or led someone to Christ Maybe you've never led someone to Christ. Perhaps you may not have had that opportunity. But you'll be shocked in heaven. A reward will come to you. And you're shocked. I'm like, Lord, what is this reward? He says, no. Remember you gave at that partnership Sunday. Which financed a bus ministry for souls to come. That life that gave their life to Christ was stressed to your giving. Congratulations. Some of you, you may not even have the opportunity to lay hands on people that they may be healed. But that cousin that you brought who was unwell with your own resources, God will look at it and say, you've done well. That's why 
Today I came to encourage each and every one of you that the resource of finance is important for the work of God. This should not necessarily just be for an event like this. Giving should be a culture. Even today, the way I'm explaining my teaching, I refuse to explain it in a manipulative way such that I want to say, give so that you can receive a hundredfold or whatsoever. I'm just showing you this should be out of love, willingness and obedience. Is there going to be a reward? Of course. But it's not the reward that we're looking forward or looking towards. It's the work that we need established. Let's rise to our feet.